GameZillaMedia.com. It's time for the last action podcast. Pop quiz, hot shot. Hey, motherfucker. I feel the need. The need for speed. Kill it. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. Come with me if you want to live. Welcome to this week's episode of the Last Action Podcast. I am LPJ and I am joined by a man who calls me up sometimes and he asks me to lower him into a vat of pig shit. It's real weird. I don't know why he likes it. He just does. He, he's something about the feeling between his toes. I don't know. Hovercraft Joe. <laughs> yeah, that one loaded in the chamber for a while, didn't you? <laughs> I thought about it a little bit. Fair enough. Uh, how's it going, uh, LPJ? Wonderful. Wonderful, wonderful. Uh, so we're continuing the month, maybe month and a half of the threequel. We still haven't figured it out. I don't know. At uh, this point, it's the month and a half of Mel Gibson threequels. <laughs> yes, because we are talking about Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome uh, this episode. And as you know, we can't talk about Mad Max or Mel Gibson without having our good friend, the Tush on Tush. How's it going? You guys called me up and you said, hey, it's time to spin the wheel, raggedy man. <laughs> I'm just glad and you pressed this time. I spun it, it landed on Thunderdome. Uh, um, okay, so this movie comes out July 10th, 1985. Um, I will talk about my background with it first. I had never seen it before. I had always heard it was not very good. Uh, and my only real experience it was that I knew the song, the Tina Turner song, and I had had heard Dave describe the plot of it at least five or six different times to me, including on the episode that you can go back and listen to where he describes the plot of all the Mad Max movies. Uh, Tush, what about you? Um, yeah, it was. so it was... I, and I saw The Road War when I was a kid, and I loved it. And then that got me to like, I'm like, wait, there's another Mad Max movie, you know, after besides, you know, like the first one as well. But like, I just like, yeah, at 85, I was four years old, so I wouldn't have seen it when it came out. So I would have just gotten the VHS probably from the library. And it's just even as a kid, I'm like, this is not as good as the Road Warrior. And <laughs> these, this is just a different movie. And I also didn't get like, wait a minute. Why doesn't he and why isn't he and the gyro captain? Why don't they recognize each other? Because <laughs> they're different characters, but both pilots. It's insane. So I have issues with this movie, but you know, we'll get to that later. Uh, what about you, LPJ? Um, for whatever reason, I remember this movie being a big deal when it came out. Um, I don't know why I remember that. I was, I was six when it came out. Um or at least just about to turn six. And, uh, it, and I remember seeing it. We had, we had HBO pretty early on. And, uh, and I saw this, at least parts of it on HBO. Um, it, and for whatever reason, I, I don't know. I, I just always, I've always known this movie existed. I had seen it maybe a couple times all the way through, uh, but it's been a while. This is the first time I've watched it all the way through in a very long time. Um, okay. Uh, so it has a budget of $10 million. 
Um, all I could find for gross was $36 million. I don't know if that's worldwide, domestic. It was the only number I could find, so it makes $36 million. So it makes money, but it's not like a rousing success. Here's something kind of crazy. Rotten Tomatoes on it, 81%, So, which is shockingly high and incredibly higher than the 9% that Beverly Hills Cop 3 got. Um, doesn't that seem uh, high? It's very high. It's very, very high. It does seem high, but I'll save it. It does seem high. Okay. Yeah. And then the audience score is 49%, which yeah. seems more. That correct. Uh, okay. Top grossing movies of 1985. We have surprisingly done quite a few movies from 1985 on the podcast. Um, the top three are uh, number one is Back to the Future. Uh, number two is a movie we've done on the podcast, Rambo First Blood Part Two. And number three is Rocky uh, Four, right? Yeah, that's IV and uh, yes, Roman numeral. Wow, <laughs> yeah. Wow, you did not go to Catholic school. Uh, I did not. Uh, okay, so big year for uh, Stallone. Okay, this movie, Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome, comes in 24th. Uh, other movies we have covered from 1985 are number nine, The Goonies, number 25, Commando, uh, number 50, <laughs> Invasion USA, <laughs> and number 58, Remo Williams, The Adventure Begins. Oh, God. <laughs> so two of the worst movies we've ever watched uh, both came out this year. And one of probably one of what not, I don't even say probably one of my favorite movies we watched for the podcast, Commando. Yeah. Uh, which is which is like wild. So I, I yeah, it's a, it's a big year. Uh, okay. Uh, this movie stars Mel Gibson and Tina Turner, and that's all I got for you. <laughs> Again, it has Bruce Spence, the gyro captain of the first one, and somehow weirdly second playing one. not the second. Same, or second one. I'm sorry, second one, you're right. Somehow weirdly not playing the same character, but also playing a pilot of a different sort. It is a bizarre choice. Also, the actor who plays the collector is kind of a big deal in the fact that he was in, he played Pontius Pilate and Ben-Hur, and he was like the evil Saxon king and the Vikings of Kirk Douglas, so he had a fairly illustrious career, and then he ended up in this movie. So, <laughs> Who's, who played who? The collector, the guy who's like, yo, he like, he gets there and he's like, yo, he's the guy, the guy like the first guy who, uh, the Mel guy Gibson with the, uh, with the monocle. Yeah, the bald oh. guy, yeah, who was like, yo, Tina Turner's like number two. His name okay. was Frank Thring, and yeah, he was in. It's the weirdest thing in his biography. It lists he's known for Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome, Ben Hur, you know, highest most Oscars ever for a movie, and the Vikings, you know, classic, and yeah, and Beyond Thunderdome is also in there. So, <laughs> um, and Master, uh, the guy who plays Master, was in the movie Freaks, the way back in the day. Mm-hmm. Uh, LPJ, anybody that you want to mention, or no? Nope, I'm good. I love it when you say it so dismissively. Um, net worth, I only got two of them for you. Uh, let's start with Tina Turner. Uh, she's got, I don't know anything else. She's got that sweet, sweet musical career money. What do you think, Tush, for Tina Turner? She's got that sweet, sweet uh, the Who's Tommy money. She plays the Acid Queen. Okay. Um, I think she's, you know, she, I think she's probably worth 200 million. 
All right. What do you think, uh, LPJ? She got that sweet, sweet what's love got to do with it money. She's in that, right? <laughs> well, I mean, it's about it's her. her whole life. Yeah, I think but she, she played like, herself, right? No, Angela Bassett played her, but I think no, I think you're. I think it's a okay. deal where, like, they like in the last scene they show it's like the real her singing, maybe or don't, something. Don't you gaslight me? I know who I know who I saw. Don't you gaslight me? My new thing. Two hundred sixty million. Gaslight everyone for petty reasons. Two hundred and sixty million. Yep. So close. Tina Turner is two hundred and fifty million dollars. Ah. You're so close, and now Mel Gibson. He's got that sweet, sweet Lethal Weapon 3 and Dragged Across Payment money. What do you think, uh, LPJ? He's got that sweet, sweet... What was that Christmas movie we just did, Claws? Or, uh, Fat Man. Fat Man. Fat Man. Sweet, sweet Fat Man money. Um, I know the answer because I remember it from last week. $420 million. And by last week, you mean like less than an hour ago. Shh, quiet. Don't ruin it. <laughs> uh, what did you say, sorry? 420 Okay. Uh, well, what do the you funny think? thing is, you don't remember that. Yeah, you got it. You got it. You got it wrong. Yeah, he's got that. He's got that sweet, sweet daddy's home two money, and he's worth four hundred twenty-five million. Oh, twenty-five. Yeah, it's it's oh, four hundred twenty-five. Oh, <laughs> Boom. You win. Yeah, work you on win. your five, son. All right, you win. Uh, Fair enough. Uh, okay, so this movie is directed by George Miller. Um. Was George Miller the one who like was gonna make that Justice League movie? Yeah, and like I, I think I feel like you can go places and like read the script and like. There's a lot of production design that they released for it too. Yeah, I was gonna feel like it got. I feel like it got pretty far on in like development and stuff and production and before they didn't make it. But yeah, yeah. the highlights is it would have had Common as the John Stewart Green Lantern. Lowlights is it would have had Sexual Cannibal Army Hammer as Batman. So. Yep. Was it? Wasn't it? Wasn't it? Wasn't going to have a uh, Adam Adam Brody? Brody is the Flash, which uh, huge upgraded from Ezra Miller. <laughs> um, so he directs it. Uh, well, actually, it says George Miller and George Ogilvy. George Ogilvy. Yep, they both directed okay. it. It was um, George Miller was uh, feeling very overwhelmed by the whole process and uh, brought in a second director just to help him out. Um, but they essentially both directed the film. Okay, and I'm uh, I- I'm getting the detailed writing credit, so I don't get yelled at again. Uh, it's written by Terry Hayes and George Miller, yep. and then it says uh, George Miller and Byron Kennedy, the character creators. So. Right. Yep. Yeah, Byron Kennedy was uh, George Miller's collaborator for basically his entire career up until the 1983 when he died in a helicopter accident while scouting locations for this movie. Ooh. Dang. Yep. And that's one of the reasons why George Miller brought in George Ogilvy is because he was having a hard time dealing with all of that and um, uh, getting things organized for the film. Gotcha. Um, all right. So we're going to play the aforementioned Tina Turner song, aren't we? We are. Uh, we don't need another. Theory. We don't need another hero, a.k.a. Thunderdome. Here we go. Out from the wreckage 
song starts out really weird like a weird calypso kind of thing going on <laughs> um and i find it really strange that she wrote a song that pretty much clearly encapsulates the movie beyond thunderdome uh <laughs> and it got to number two on the u.s charts a big hit <laughs> it was a huge hit i just remember one time walking into karaoke and I, we these guys are singing the thunderdome song and they did a really good job We're like that's a song from Thunderdome, <laughs> and also it's like, oh, those are our competition, you know. Uh, it's 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 a catchy song. I've been singing it uh, all day since I finished the movie, and it's funny too because I forgot, I forgot that that song was in the movie, and so I was fast forwarding through the credits, and then I get to the end of the credits, and it, talk, it was like it was like, oh, perform. I'm like, oh yeah, the song. So I rewound and watched <laughs> the credits so I could listen to the song. Um, but yeah, no, I, I enjoy the song. It's it's a good song. Yeah. Um, Okay, you guys want some taglines from Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome? Sure, sure do. There's a surprising amount of them. The first one, Max is back and Tina's got him. Okay. All right. This it's next weird one. That they would... Max and Tina. Like, they're not going to say, <laughs> like, Auntie. They're not going to say Mel Gibson. That's um, a good point. This This one is a little wordy. Uh, a lone warrior searching for his destiny, a tribe of children waiting for a hero, and a world battling to survive. They face a woman determined to rule. Hold out for Mad Max. This is his greatest adventure. That's more like a tag short story than a tagline. <laughs> Good lord. Uh, next one. Mighty Max. All capitals. Might, all right. I mean, we've established that his adjective is mad, not you know, <laughs> mighty. Next one, the mightiest movie in town, the biggest crowds, the biggest entertainment on any screen. Why are they obsessed with the word mighty? I don't know. Next one, I like this one. Two men enter, one man leaves. Oh, yeah. Uh, then the next one is just like, the next two are just like, uh, you chopped up that really long one. Because the next one is hold out for Mad Max. This is his greatest adventure. Then the last one is a lone warrior searching for his destiny, a tribe of children waiting for a hero in a world, blah, 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 blah. So not, not the best ones. Um, so uh, before we get into the plot, uh, and this is something, uh, Tush, that you've shared with us a bunch of times, but like, explain again that this, like, this wasn't supposed to be like a Mad Max movie it originally. It was, he, George Miller wanted to make a post-apocalyptic Lord of the Flies. But then at some point, whether it was someone in the one of his friends or someone at the studio to maybe make it happen, we're just like, 
hey, what if you put Mad Max in there, you know? <laughs> and he's like, yeah, if it gets it made, okay, you know. So, yeah, and then it just went, and I think you can definitely see that in this movie. It's almost like, it, it's almost like two movies. It's really, I think when you see that, like, you could say, like, oh, yeah, okay, here's the Lord of the Flies element. Oh, yeah, then, there, yeah, there's that large chunk in the middle of this movie where it's like you get the beginning and you get, like, the end part, but then that big, huge part in the middle definitely feels like a completely different movie. Yeah. So it's like I'm sure that he, like, wrote the Mad Max parts afterwards and, like, just put in most of what he had for. I, I have so many thoughts about these, the Oasis and these these kids. Like, I, I can't yes. wait to get into it because, like, I like at certain points when these kids are talking and stuff, I wanted to smash my TV with a hammer. <laughs> <Agreed>. <laughs> um, like, I've been just, accused on other Mel Gibson episodes and rightfully of having rose colored glasses for the movies. I do not have them for this one. It's like, it, it was bad enough that they were like, they were speaking, you know, like they have like the weird language, but then they have their thick Australian accents. Yeah. Too. yeah. Oh, it's incomprehensible at some point. So anyways, um, anything else that you guys want to mention at all before we get into the plot? Uh, no, nothing really. I mean, Dave kind of nailed it. Like this was, it's essentially two movies kind of stuck together. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't have, I didn't find, believe it or not, I didn't find a lot on the production of it. Like, no, I've, I've, I expected to find a lot more, um, but there really wasn't a lot of information out there. Uh, just, you know, about Brian Kennedy dying and the fact that this was going to be a post-apocalyptic Lord of the Flies that threw. Mel Gibson through Mad Max in. Um, other than that, there really wasn't a lot of information for this. All right. Well, fair enough. I'm sure some stuff will come up as we, we talk through it. So uh, movie opens with a different Tina Turner song uh, over the credits. Because if you got Tina Turner in your movie, why not have her sing a couple songs, right? Sure. Um, then I'd say like this. So it has the credits and then it starts like with this long, like tracking, like zoom. it was, it was like, like, purposely shaky but it was like making me sick like the beginning of this movie like the camera like zooming in on max and his car being pulled by camels <laughs> uh but it was so shaky so yeah so it's a, it, it is it his car no. or is it a different it's, it's no because his car blew, yeah because his car blew up in the second one right correct yeah it was destroyed uh, the second one yeah yeah, yeah. I mean, although it comes back at the back fourth for one, Fury so. Road, but right. <laughs> um, so uh, so yeah, so he is he's pulling this truck with a bunch of camels, and then like in a confusing sequence, the plane buzzes him and like knocks drops something on him and knocks him off the car. Yeah, it's a terrible uh, strategy because I feel like it'd be so easy to crash the plane. And so basically, the guy that's the sky captain is not the sky captain and his kid. They end up stealing uh, his car and his camels. Yeah. Uh, but luckily. Oh, and his Max, kid's fucking worst too. Yeah. Oh, he yeah. really is. Yeah. His kid's horrible. Um, but luckily Max has a pet monkey question mark who throws his boots out of yeah. the back of the truck for him. 
There's multiple different monkeys in this movie, I feel like. Or they're all the same No, monkeys. it's all the same I thought monkey. it was the same monkey. Okay. Yeah, no, it's all the same monkey. But okay. is it it's his monkey? I guess. Well, his dog's dead, so yeah. That's true. So yeah, it, he's, 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 he's upgrading. He went from dog to monkey. Yeah. I mean, that's <laughs> kind of the thing with, with the Mad Max movies is they're not – they don't really have any connection. They do have a connection insofar as that it's Max between the movies, but they're, you're, you're – they're essentially just like little vignettes of like things that happen, yeah, which is no. why, which is why Fury Road could have taken place before Beyond Thunderdome. Yeah, I, I mean, and we've talked about that before when covering the movies that you know, and, and Dave's mentioned this, you know, to us in real life that they're designed to be like the continuity isn't necessarily like you know, like it's like a, between two Star Wars movies, it's like well, right. you got this character and you could throw him into the situation, and you know, like. So it's you know it's kind of just like yeah, yeah like you said like they say technically it's supposed to be like twenty years after the first one which they explain by giving him that re- that Reed Richards uh, great <laughs> temple right yeah um, but anyways that's fine but also I feel like if someone's gonna have a pet monkey you have to at least address it a little bit like <laughs> nope. he just has a he just has a pet monkey you just uh, gotta who, assume he picked it up along the way and the yeah. pet monkey threw the boots out to him and then like he seems here's here's another thing i have a question he seems surprised that the whistle is on the boots but i'm like aren't those your boots because then he like picks up the whistle and he blows it and i'm like what's just going on with this whistle it'll come back into play yeah. later but it, am i right in saying he seems surprised that the whistle was on the boot i don't know or maybe he just i don't know anyways so um his hair is super long, like uh, at the beginning of this movie, like shoulder length Mel Gibson uh, flowing locks. Yeah. Um, uh, so he follows a bunch of people and they go to uh, Barter Town. Uh, Barter Town is this big, like, community city in the middle of the desert. I'd also like to say that I believe it would be Dave's, uh, Tush's worst nightmare in real life. Uh, <laughs> it's yeah, like, it it's run like, on big shit full of freaks, you know? Like, <laughs> oh God. It's like, it's like shitty Vegas meets Gibraltar trade center. Yeah. <laughs> um, I also like, did, did anyone else find it was funny that like Max lost all his possessions, but he has a handheld Geiger counter. On yeah. Him? Yeah. <laughs> Hey, you need that for the joke. Because <laughs> this guy's like, this guy's in Barter Town's like, hey, I'll sell you like real fresh, pure water. And Max is like, ah, is that? I can't do his Australian accent. And he like whips out this handheld Geiger counter and waves it over it and it starts like going crazy. But it's like, why did you happen to have that on you out of all the possessions you got? But um, it's probably something you would need in the, in the post apocalyptic world. It's true. So uh, he gets in line and like I I, 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 so you have to have something to trade in order to get into Barter Town. Is that kind of what the deal is? Because everyone's asking like what they have to trade. Because he goes to the yeah. the guy and he's like, well, what do you have to offer? And he basically is he, what he has to offer. I guess is that he's a badass. Yeah, is kind of what he says. And I I legit laughed uh, when they're like, well, you got to leave your weapons before you can go in. And there's like two minutes of him just taking off all these weapons uh-huh. that he has out of like guns and like well, crossbows. What's and- cool one of them is, is the crossbow all, is from Wes. Right. It's all the weapons that he's collected from the people he's killed. So like one's the one from Wes. One is the uh, Luger that he got from one of the guys in the first movie. Yeah. Uh, he's got, uh, what else is there? There were some other, the, the shotgun he had, uh, yeah. which was his shot, his sawed off shotgun. Uh, there's some other stuff too that he has from, 
that that are homages to the previous events. Yeah, and, and I and I like that he's like, here's all my weapons. I'm going to keep this fly swatter with me. More to come on that yeah. in a little bit. Um, so uh, I do have a note that says that Barter Town seems awful. We already covered that. Um, he they take him to talk to Tina Turner. Um, Tina Turner is auntie, and she is like kind of runs Barter Town, but also runs it with a uh, master. Um, and, and so they as, as anti entity, but they only call her anti in the actual movie. Ah, gotcha. So like th- this audition, um, he, he Max beats up a bunch of Tina Turner's dudes, men, uh, the fly water secretly had like a blade, like a knife in it, um, which is kind of cool. Um, so Tina Turner works out, she wants to make a deal with Max and she's like, Hey, if you kill someone for me, I'll re-equip you. I'll get your car. I'll get your camels, water, anything you need, uh, as long as you kill someone for me. She wants them to kill uh, Master Blaster. Uh, Master Blaster is best described as a uh, little person on top little, of a giant person, uh, a literal little person on top of a giant. Yes, a little person that rides around on a giant. Uh, the the little person is Master. The big dude is Blaster. Um, they, Bat Master is kind of like the the brains of of Barter Town, if you will. He like he talks like an idiot. He talks like an idiot, but supposedly he he's the one that he's the one that runs like the factory and he, set uh, it up. And, yeah, he's ahead. the one that sort of uh, engineered that engineered the power plant essentially for. Yeah, him. it runs on methane, so pig shit. Right. So uh, Max wants to get a closer look, so he goes down there to shovel some pig shit. Um, he meets a guy who's down there is like a prisoner because he killed a pig to feed his family. Yes. More on that was killer. More on that later because uh, then seemingly that guy just abandoned his family at the end of the movie. <laughs> um, so um, he's shoveling pig shit. Uh, his car is down there. I'm not sure why his car is down there, uh, but they see that it's rigged to, rigged to explode, which is like a, you know a classic classic Mad Max, right? Always rigging his yes. car to explode. Um, well, although, why didn't he have oh. his car rigged in uh, Fury Road to explode? He did the kill switch, didn't he? Oh, no, that was the other thing. Yeah. Um, the car's down there because they were going to use it as parts to fix their uh, their electric generator. Oh, okay. Got it. So Max is talking to uh, Master, and Master kind of proves prove that he's like the real person in charge of Bartertown, like shuts down the power and makes like uh, Tina Turner kind of like, hey, you run Bartertown. He's like, who runs Bartertown? Or I can't do his voice, but he did. Uh, right. He can't do his voice. He did pretty well. Dave is right. He was he was really annoying at it. So many, so many, like, uh, so it's much. Like, I feel like it's almost like they tried to make him be like Yoda. Like, really, I think that's what they almost went for. Like, Yoda, it's like, it's dumb. Well, I don't know. It's the same thing they do in all of the in all of the Mad Max movies. They all have kind of developed their own language, essentially. Yeah, they've all gotten a little feral. I mean, that's yeah. true. Um, so, uh, so Max disarms the bomb in his car. He also figures out that the whistle uh, hurts uh, Blaster's ears when he blows it. Um, so, uh, Max agrees to fight Master Blaster and Thunderdome. Uh, two men enter, one man leave, one man leaves. It's like a big dome. Yeah. But it's kind of like, uh, like, I don't know. It's not like, it's like those Jumbleseum type things I used to have almost like yeah. a bigger, like a deadlier version of that. And it's, that's like the iconic thing in this movie. And like, it, it's even become a term for like 
you know, wild situations. Things are Thunderdome. They did, you know, the uh, the the Tupac and Dr. Dre California Love music video that was basically this, like you know, up like really up until this point, the movie's weird but not bad and you know pretty iconic and like that way. But I digress. Um, I feel like the Thunderdome is smaller than I remembered it being. Yeah, I, yes. I was thinking that it was huge, and then I'm like, oh, it's not that big. Also, I have a note that says, whoa, where did they get that Thunderdome sign? Did they get the sign and then name it after that? Or did they name it Thunderdome and then come across the sign or have it made? I was really having a debate about, you know, the, the connection. Like, they got the bowling first. alley or something? Yeah, like, was oh, it like, it's like a dome. chicken or an egg thing? What came first, the sign or the actual Thunderdome? Ooh, maybe it was the sign for that where the, the thunder from down under practice, you know? <laughs> Maybe um, I do. I, I I really enjoyed that, like the announcer guy, like explaining all the rules, and I, I thought he was cool. And I love, yeah. I love, I love his line when he's just like dying times here. Like I like that. That I I, I thought that was cool. That whole sequence. Um, so then the, you get to the fight in the Thunderdome, and they fight on bungee cords, which yeah, is like how that <laughs> makes it more of a thing. But I mean, <laughs> excuse me. I mean, it was cool because it allowed. Um, Max to do a lot of flips and whatever, but it seemed seemed kind of weird. Um, so Max is getting his ass kicked uh, by uh, Blaster. Uh, he keeps trying to use the whistle, but he keeps losing it. Um, then he finally is able to use the whistle, and he starts beating the shit out of Blaster with a big hammer, like a comically like yeah. <laughs> size hammer. Like uh... Devin would be so confused. <laughs> I'm trying to think, and oh, uh, I feel like. It's like Maybe a giant I'll... mallet. Yeah, it's a mallet. Was that like? Was there some video game where you get a hammer and you like can go around and like smash things with was it? Like Mario, like Mario game? Didn't is it a Mario it? game? I don't know. Anyways, it reminded me of that. Oh, so, Donkey Kong. Yeah, Donkey Kong has hammers. Yes, that's what it is. Uh, so it's so after he's like beating the shit out of him with a big hammer, his, his hammer, his helmet flies off, and it reveals that Blaster is actually like a mentally challenged individual. Yeah, he has Down syndrome. Yes. Which, so, so that's where I have to point out that that's so it's a different actor when they take the helmet off because one of the the effects of Down syndrome is that you're generally congenitally short. So to have a giant like that is actually fairly inaccurate. But as with everything in this movie, you can say, Oh, it's radiation or whatever. So yeah. So, uh, so Max won't kill him, which I always find uh, it's kind of like, I mean, I guess it's the whole point of the character is like struggling, you know, him kind of like what exactly is his moral code or whatever. Cause he seems to do horrible things, but then like he won't kill this guy. Well, yeah. there's a, there's a theory about it in, in the first movie. Um, there's a kid that has down syndrome at one of the houses they visit down by the down by the lake that they go to visit yeah. um and so the theory is 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 he that reminds him of him some people even think that that's the kid from yeah. from the original you know mad max movie um yeah. but that's sort of where that comes from yeah and then also there's some people that chalk up the, yeah it's just basic human decency like right. you know okay he you know it's not his fault he's been trained to do this sort of thing like you know so, yeah, I mean, that's the thing. I think it could really be either. Like, it's like, okay, yeah, it's like you would have sympathy for someone with that sure. condition. Yeah. Fair enough. So, but then Tina Turner's dude ends up shooting and killing him anyways. Yeah, um, so he revealed, he's like, that wasn't a deal. Then we're like, deal, deal, deal. Because all was a yeah. secret, you know? Yeah. And then, you know what we find out? We find out that you bust a deal. You face the wheel. Yep. And, and I have a note that says, man, this place loves chance. <laughs> 
because they're True. always <laughs> bust the deal. But what Face kind of wheel. name is Chance? <laughs> My mama took one. God, that was for you, LPJ. No, no, yeah. I got it. We're good. Uh, do you guys do you guys want to hear what the possible outcomes on the wheel are? Yes. Yeah. You could get acquittal, amputation, auntie's choice, death, forfeit goods, gulag, hard labor, life imprisonment, spin again, or underworld. So none of them are great. There's a couple that are okay. He gets gulag. And I'm like, what's gulag? And I guess I it means... Oh, okay. Can I tell you what it means in this movie, and then you can tell yeah. me what it really is? In this yeah. movie, they put him on a horse and put a funny helmet on top of him and send the horse off into the desert. In real life, it's in the Russia and the former Soviet Union. It is a work camp that you basically get sent to in the coldest regions, and you get fed very little. It is nothing like what Gulag is in this movie. Oh, that's that's where they send uh, that's where they Hermit. send Hooper, Hooper in Hooper, the yeah. most recent season of oh, yeah, uh, Stranger Things. Muppets most wanted. Yeah, Hooper Hooper's at a Gulag. Um, okay, so the horse dies, and then the, the okay. If and if I am re recounting this wrong, correct me. But what it seemed to be is that the guy, the pig killer, that Max met. In the the shoveling shit, the pig shit, sent the monkey with a thing of water to find him in the desert, and then yes, the monkey yeah. does. Yep, that's it. Now, yeah. how the pig killer knows that Max has a monkey, I have no idea. And how does well, the, you monkey... See the monkey? Because Blaster is being mean to the monkey in the, when they're in the the pig shit place. Yeah, but how does, know it's Max's, how does he know it's Max's monkey? Yeah, maybe they could have like maybe they had. He's like, hey, that's my monkey. And why well, does maybe. why why screen? And why does the pig killer guy send the monkey after him? And how does the yeah. monkey make it all the way through the desert and find him? That's very true. <laughs> so anyway, smart monkey. So yeah. um, he gives him the water, um, and, and Max is walking through the desert, but he ends up collapsing, uh, and he's found, and and he's taken to uh, this oasis in the middle of the desert, full of kids, and this is where this movie takes a sharp left turn yeah. for a while and gets kind of okay. So uh, all the kids, um, as we mentioned before, they they speak, they have like their own. Not they're speaking English, but they own like vernacular, I guess. Like yeah. they they say like weird Almost things. Almost talk. Like it's just like like a kid who never learned. Like if, if you stop learning proper grammar at like five. Yeah, like. yeah. But also with a very very thick Australian. Yes. Yeah. Um. So they think that Max is some dude named Captain Walker. Um. They they cut his hair. Um. And, and they they give like a big kind of. Multimedia presentation. Multimedia presentation. And this is kind of what I think it is. And if I'm wrong, help me out. So the kids are all descendants of or or were like babies that were on a plane that crashed during yes. the apocalypse, right? Yeah. And at some point, Captain Walker and all the adults I left, I guess left or went on an expedition to try and find help or find somewhere yeah. to go and never came back. And so the kids kind of like grew up and I guess had yes. other there were already a limited amount of adults because they were just basically evacuating children okay. so it was just like it was probably just Captain Walker and a couple other adults so like it's kind of like a, a, a Narnia type deal where the kids are being you know evacuated from like the dangerous places okay right? I didn't I didn't get that part of it and then so essentially that they thought that 
he was coming back to like fly yes. them to uh what do they call the cities tomorrow morrowland tomorrow morrowland or yeah tomorrowland yes. or tomorrow morrowland or something like that yeah so um but then max is like hey i'm not captain walker and then the kids all run out and show him like the crashed airplane um which seemed to be still in pretty good condition i was covered in sand so you couldn't really see a lot of yeah, it but not but, flyable right um so okay so then uh because like he's like there he's like ah he tells him there is no tomorrowland and everything sucks and blah 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 so some of the kids but because the I think that they always thought that there was nowhere to go or nowhere around him or exactly. they couldn't survive, yeah. that they decided that they want to leave, uh, and Max doesn't want him to leave. So at first he starts shooting at these children. Well, then he knows he, how much worse it is. Yeah, right. right. And then he punches a girl in the face. Yeah. <laughs> yes, that, it's the bold choice for a movie's hero to punch a teenage girl in the face. Yeah, to knock her out. And then, like, the funny thing is, is that, like, he's like – all right, well, I guess we're good now. And then they end up sneaking away at night anyways. <laughs> so it's like, well, okay. Um, so the, they they wander off. Max and a couple of kids go after them. Uh, they catch up just in time to see one of the kids get, like, swallowed by sand. Um, but then, like, I guess they're like, well, we can't just walk back the way we came, so we have to sneak into Barter Town. Um, and they, they rescue Master. Um, and at this point, like so much, so much weird stuff is happening. Like they're like in the pipes where like the feed is. And at one point they knock the pipe down and they all slide down. Yeah, like they're in really or something. I, I have a note that says this movie somehow turned into a worse version of hook. <laughs> oh yeah. I think that was yeah, the, the outfits in this. Yeah. Inspiration it's like the outfits and like, it's like they're the lost boys and it was really weird. Uh, and also, so while they're while the stuff is all going on in the in the underground, Tina Turner's watching in her periscope. But like, I don't understand how that periscope works because <laughs> she like has a house that's like way above the ground, and she holds a periscope like you would normally hold a periscope. But that doesn't make sense because it's I, I don't know I don't get it's it. It's like that puppet show at the Knights and not, I mean at the what you would call it, the the Masonic Temple we went to. Oh right, with a party. They're like, oh yeah, we we put on the show in the basement. We use mirrors to show it up here. It's like. <laughs> That sounds like you got too much time on your hands, Mason. <laughs> That's true. Um, so, okay. So, um, uh, Barter Town starts blowing up because they, like, the main source of energy is kind of like a weird train truck hybrid kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, what they did was, so they took a steam, so they used the methane to heat water, which makes steam, which turns the turbines to make electricity. So it's essentially just a big train. Right. So they drive that train out of the underground. Right. And this causes Barter Town to just start blowing up all over the place. So everyone's freaking out. Um, also, um, I found it kind of funny that, like, we're in this po post-apocalyptic world, nothing's, but, like, those train tracks are remarkably still there and fine and, like, you would think that it would be something that would get like washed away or whatever, but it's yeah, like especially in the well, desert like that too. Yeah, well, eventually though, some little shithead built a mound of sand on top of it, yeah. so oh. we could, uh, you know. Well, that's true. Just, too. just hit that little fucker; it'd be great, you know. Um. So, so they send some. So then it's like, so we're, we're through the weird section that's like crappy hook. Now we're back to a Mad Max movie because there's like all these cars from Barter Town chasing after him because Tina Turner wants to get uh, Master back and. Here's a question for you. There's not a good answer, but like, 
I, I guess maybe you could say because it was his house, but remember how like Master Dead just like has a real classy like British outfit on, like a three-piece suit? And I'm like, where yeah. did he get that outfit? Where did he put it on? Like, He's he like, time to move out of these. I mean, let's, let's be honest. Like, all the clothes that the men wear in this movie are deeply homoerotic, you know? And yeah, he's like, yeah, I'm, I'm, you know, it's not just uh, me in the within the pigs anymore. It's time to class myself up, you know? What I think is, uh, I think maybe he either was, like, a conductor on that train when Bartertown started or what the situation was. But I think he came into Bartertown on that train, and he's the one who set the train up as as the energy source for it. So his stuff is, is essentially just still there. Okay. Fair enough. Um, so there's, there's like a chasing and this kind of fun. Max gets in a car and he's driving it. And that, um, uh, uh, Tina Turner gets on there and Max saves master from Tina Turner. Uh, and you think they get away, but then like Dave said, that dumb fucking kid from the plane shows up, um, uh, for the beginning of the movie. And he ends up like, they chase him to his house where his dad, who's the not the not gyro captain, gyro captain, um, and his base Max is like, Hey, I won't kill you if you fly us out of here on the plane. Um, the plane's too heavy, and then they run out of runway, and then one of the lost boys had stolen a truck, the one with like the real like emo kind of sting yeah. yeah. face paint. Um and so Max is like, hey, uh, he's like, do you got to take off? He's like, I don't have enough runway because they're at the edge of a cliff. And he's like, you will. So he like takes the truck and he like crashes it into a bunch of Tina Turner's cars uh, and the plane's able to take off and and get away. Um, and then Tina Turner, she's kind of cool with it all. She's like, she lets him go. She calls him Raggedy Man again. Ain't uh, we a pair. Ain't, yeah, ain't we a pair, Raggedy Man. And so she drives off and leaves him in the middle of the desert. Uh, the plane flies to Sydney, Australia, or the remains of Sydney, Australia, uh, yes. and we get a story from Savannah, who's like, it, it's like a time jump, because I guess they started their new civilization there in Sydney, yes. and they talk about how they have lights on, and they always have lights on in case, like, people can find their way home, and there's a shot of, like, Max in the desert, and he's got, like, a big staff, and he's just, like, walking through the desert. And, and so they basically end up in a much, a much uh, worse place than they were before. Yeah, yeah. Before they had a wonderful oasis, you know, with water and everything, and now they're in like a burnt out city. You know? And also, seemingly, they never went back and got the like the majority yeah, of those kids. <laughs> well, it like, seems like the other kids wanted to stay when they found out the truth. You know, right. so I mean, yeah, I would, I would probably rather stay in the oasis. I mean, too, they could have, they could have gone back. He had the plane. They had the plane. They could have yeah. flown back, and they could have right. flown back and got some. But uh. But yeah, so they're well, like setting up back in anger at the Oasis. <laughs> um, but but yeah, so they're seemingly starting a new civilization. Uh, but they always tell the stories. The remember, I, I I wish like seriously, even if you've never seen the movie, just find some clips of these these kids talking because it'll like make you want to like slam your head against yeah. a wall. <laughs> yeah, uh, it was so annoying. But yeah, so that's the end of the uh, the end of the movie. We made it to the end of. Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome. Uh, what's everyone want to talk about? You got any role reversals, LPJ? Nope. Surprisingly, uh, not a single role reversal. Who knew? Right? <laughs> um, what about you, uh, Tush? Got anything so I will say, the thing about this movie is you can almost see the seeds. for Things that don't work in this movie, you can see the seeds for in Fury Road. Yeah. Right? Like, like the, the, the weird guy with the makeup, that was like proto-Warboy makeup, mm -hmm. you know? The um 
kind of the people with like you see like kind of like you know like almost like i don't want to use the, yeah i'll use the term freaks but the people with like the different you know like you see a guy with a horn on his head and stuff like that and they do a much better job as people of showing people deformities in uh fury road it's just like it even like you know the characters of like you know, like the the you know the main the main girl um you know and then like you can compare her to kind of like the brides and stuff like that like it just seems like or even like the chase had like things that were similar to that. Like yeah, everything about this movie is almost like okay, he'll eventually take this idea and you know over like you know almost you know like twenty. I mean over like over twenty years, maybe even like thirty years later, make it you know make it better, and it, it will work in the future. But it's almost like a the concept art of a better movie. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah, I think it was. I think it was. 30 years because this is 85 and i believe yeah. fury roads 2015 so yeah that's pretty wild um but yeah um i mean i have stuff to say but i think it's it's kind of like baked into my kind of my uh, final thoughts my right, review well, so i don't know if we just let's get rate to it. It. let's just read it okay who wants to go first i'll go i'll go first actually okay. So here's the thing. Um, I, I really didn't dislike this movie as much as I kind of thought maybe I would. I, I, listen, I'm not saying it's a great movie, and, and there's definitely flaws, but I kind of went on a real journey with it because I like the beginning of it, right? The middle part is awful. But then the ending, I like the ending. So it's like almost like <laughs> the parts that they made specifically for Mad Max – are great and the weird post-apocalyptic Lord of the Flies thing just that they threw them in it's not great and it, it could have been all right but I, I don't know so uh, and I like I, I like Tina Turner and I thought her character was cool and uh, Mel Gibson is good in it I mean obviously he's you know he's Max and and some of the the chases were cool and I, thought, I, I don't know like it's weird like I really thought I was going to dislike it more but like I, I can't say I love it because that big chunk in the middle just was so I just I really disliked it. But I'm I'm actually gonna go right down the middle and give this two and a half machine guns because I I didn't I didn't hate it and I I would potentially watch it again just because the actual Mad Max stuff in it I thought was really good. It's just the weird thing that they crammed in not crammed in but they built around. It, it just I, it, it that was just it, and it wasn't even so much that it didn't work. I just found it to be very annoying. So I'm gonna go two and a half machine guns. Um, I'll go next. Um, yeah, I'm right with you. Like, except uh, I'll say this: now having seen it, you know, for I, I've probably seen it this, but probably my third, maybe fourth watch of this movie. The the Lord of the Fly stuff I found more slow than annoying this time. Like, because I know what I knew what was going to happen later on. It was like, you know, checking my watch. All right, come on, get through this. So we can get to the good part. So yeah. I didn't find it. I wasn't as annoyed by the way the kids spoke. I wasn't as annoyed by, you know, the whole, their whole plot. Um, I was just more irritated with the fact that I had to sit through it <laughs> to get to the stuff that I wanted to see. Um, so I actually, I think I probably enjoyed it more now than I ever have. Um, but all the, all the other stuff's great. The action's really good in it. Um, you know, the ending is essentially what Fury Road, the whole movie is. Um, so yeah, I, I like this movie. Um, I'm going to go, I'm still going to go two and a half machine guns with it, but 
no, you know what? I'll go three. I'm going to go three machine guns with this because I just really enjoyed the parts that I enjoyed. I really enjoyed. And the parts that I hated, I didn't hate as much as I have in the past. So I'll go three machine guns. Fair enough. What about you, Tish? Well, you know, just to keep the average the same, uh, you know, like I am right with you guys on everything. Like it just seems like, yeah, there, there's there's good elements. It's not necessarily one that I'm going to sit down a lot and watch all the way through. But if it's on, like, if it's on TV, I'll watch the little bits and pieces of it, you know. It's, uh, yeah, I mean, there's definitely flaws. And I, it's weird that, like, there's really, besides Max, like, there's the, most characters are maybe on screen for, like, 15 minutes, you know. <laughs> like, Max and a lot, especially, and that's the thing, like, you have some characters that's, like, never interact with each other when it's just kind of weird. But, um, but yeah, again, to keep the average the same, I'm going to go two and three quarter machine gun. <laughs> so, you know. Um, I, I feel like that this movie kind of suffers the same fate as, I'm going to use the example of Predator 2. A lot of people shit on Predator 2 a lot. And Predator 2 isn't, I mean, it's not as good as other movies in the franchise, but it's not necess- It's not, uh, in my opinion, not a terrible watch. Like there's things to like about it, but if you're comparing it against the iconic original Predator, yeah, it's a piece of shit compared to that. But just watching it as a movie, it's not the bad. Also, starring Danny Glover. Um, but so I kind of feel like that's with this one. It's like you got Road Warrior, which is awesome. Then Fury Road comes out, and it's amazing. The first one I haven't seen, but I know that you said that it's it's fine. But like at this one is sandwiched in between, so it's like yeah, compared to the other two, it's not good at all but if you sit down and watch it you're like well there's good stuff in here and so like i feel like it's just it has a bad word of mouth just because it's not you know it is different and it's not as good as those other two but it doesn't necessarily mean it's overall bad movie yeah and what's really great is after you've seen it all the way through once the next time you watch it you can just fast forward all the stuff in the middle and you're not gonna you're not gonna miss anything it's true it's very true next time i watch it i will so um, but yeah, that's my kind of thoughts on it is that I, I was expecting it to be a lot worse than it actually was. And like I said, I think, I think the the stuff at the beginning and the end is good enough to be like, yeah, I would watch this movie again. Like it, it's not, you know, like the middle stuff is not, you know, it's not great and it's weird and it, you know, but again, like, and I, I think you make a really good point to it, it is kind of interesting to see like all the kind of ideas that like would eventually, that would kind of come back when he made Fury Road, you know, so um, yeah. yeah, yeah. I would say if you haven't seen this one, like I would, I would give it a watch if you like the Mad Max movies and you haven't seen this one, because I think there, there's enough good stuff to say that it's it's worth a watch. I agree. It's like Israel says, kind of wild. Mel Gibson was 29 when he made this movie. Wow, he looks a lot older than 29. Yeah, he does. That's crazy. I would, yeah, I would not, not thought. How old? When did the first one come out? How old was he in the first? first one? He was 21 for the first yeah. one. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, he's always played older a lot. I guess that in that point of his career. But yeah. That's wild. Um how old is uh George Miller? Oh, he's pretty old. He's in his eighties, I think. Because he's making that or made it. He that the next, he's got the Furiosa coming he out, right? Is, let's see. George Miller is seventy eight. Oh, okay. There we go. Mm-hmm. All right. So but anyways, yeah, I, I will say that I was uh, pleasantly surprised with this movie because I, I really didn't know what to expect going into it, and I kind of didn't hate it. So um, yeah. yeah. Uh, Tush, do you want to plug anything? Well, you know, I, I, every time I plug, I, I think I need to get my nodes of the grindstone as far as like sending the book out. Like I'm 
in the pro like I'm sending the people right now, but uh, yeah, I've got I'm working on it. Maybe we'll have a giveaway and I'll give it to someone on the Discord or something. Well, that'd be fun. You know? hey. yeah. That's a maybe, everyone on Discord. Sure. Done. <laughs> I know they're all like, ooh. The Tush, they want his book. Um, so there's no pictures of Tush in the book. So, uh, I, as always, uh, would like to plug Tubi. Uh, I, again, watched this movie on Tubi. Uh, I'm not sure if uh, maybe the first three Mad Max movies are on Tubi right now. I don't know. Uh, but I watched it on there with minimal commercial interruptions. And like Tush always says, I kind of enjoyed the commercial interruptions. It gave me a chance to pull up my phone and, you know, check on Instagram and then get back into the movie. So, And, and Tubi piece. is taking in the refugees of the streaming wars. Like a lot of stuff that HBO is like, yeah, we don't want to play, pay people to play this anymore. They're like, come to Tubi. We'll, we'll, we'll play it. We'll play Westworld for you. You know, no, I'm, I'm hoping I'm crossing my fingers that somehow... Uh, Jonathan Nolan and Tubi come to a deal and they're going to make the final season of Westworld. Yes. Cross my fingers. Or someplace will play uh, the you know Drew Carey show because nope, you can't watch that anywhere right now. Come on, Tubi. Tubi, please bring the Drew Carey show back. Mr. Wick, Craig Ferguson, hilarious. Yep. It was a good show. It was. Um, I am going to plug Mad Max Fury Road. Uh, this after watching this movie, I almost immediately turned on Fury Road. I was like, I need to watch Fury Road again. Um, yeah. I have not had a chance to. I will try and watch it at some point soon. But, God, Fury Road might be a perfect movie. Like, it's amazing. It is it's so really good. amazing. So good. I mean, I, it's. I love it. Yeah. I mean, it's probably, I mean, it, it's easily, I mean, I, I could say that it's one of my favorite movies, not just yeah. action movies, just movies. Yeah. Like it's, it's that good. Yeah. So, so good. Um, and then I'll plug uh discord. Like I always do go to discord. Tell us what you think about the Mad Max franchise in general and uh, beyond Thunderdome, um, you know, and maybe describe what uh, post-apocalyptic uh, S&M wear you would wear in the uh, in, in, in the Mad Max world. That is opening a real can of worms on the Discord. Yeah, so. it, it yes. certainly is. I'm kind of curious to see what we get. Hey, a leather sock on my penis, right? <laughs> chaps. And again, as I always tell people. All chaps are assless. All chaps are, chaps are assless. Mm -hmm. Then maybe something like rings, like nipple rings but with like chains that go up to my nose rings so i have to be really careful <laughs> when i nod or anything so um you know what i do want to plug one other thing and that's if you've never gone uh back because uh, lpj released it and listened to uh the tush describe the plots of all the mad max movies uh go back and listen to it um because it was it's hypnotic it's, it's hypnotic. He's, he's it was me off at like when I get start getting the third Fury Road though, and rightfully so. It's like, yeah, we just did this on the podcast, you know. Like, <laughs> and, and this is going on for a while, so yeah. I was, yeah, like, it was, I was like, Dave, we've been doing this for two and a half hours. Let's speed it up. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, if you have it, that it's in the feed. If you if you didn't listen to it when uh, LPJ, now that you've go back and listen to it because it's uh, you can see what you can see. It would be kind of fun now after Tush has done this episode to go back and see how he described the plot of uh. Fury Road, How so enough Fury was, Road yeah. for, for Beyond Thunderdome. So, yeah, um, yeah. excellent, uh, Dave that, Tush. Thank you again for uh, joining us. Obviously, thank you for having me as always. Next you know. Mel Gibson movie, I have to be on too. So, uh, what's what's <laughs> the, what's the third Mel Gibson? Uh, another Mel Gibson threequel we could do. Uh, is um, there one? I don't know. I don't think there is one. Uh, 
no, I don't. I think he's only done the 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 two threequels <laughs> I can think of. If anything, actually, now that I think about it, think with Mel Gibson, his only movies that have sequels that he's in are the Mad Max Lethal Weapon movies. Yeah, mm. I don't think it, I might be wrong, but I don't think any of his other movies have sequels. I don't think so. Why didn't they make a Man Without a Face still? Yeah. Or like they give the face back to him and then he loses it again, you know? That could be an interesting in, in thing. a comical series of events. More yeah. why do they make more payback? <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, that's what let us know in the Discord what's a fake Mel Gibson uh sequel, sequel to a movie they should make. Let us know. I, I think well I think okay, first of all, I mean even though he wasn't in the first one, he was in Daddy's Home too. I think they are making a Chicken Run sequel, so fingers crossed. Stop bringing up Chicken Run. <laughs> Makers of um, Wallace and Gromit. Not a fan. But anyway, so, yeah, thanks, Tush. We always appreciate it. Yep. Thanks for having me. All right. Well, uh, we good? Yeah, we're great. We're All going. Right. This episode of The Last Action Podcast has been terminated. But we'll be back. <laughs>